hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Everything is fine. <laughs> no, that's fine. Thank you. My name is Fatima, and I'm going to share with you today. But first, I wanted to say thank you, John, Jamie, for um, giving me this opportunity. When Jamie asked me to share today, I was thinking, oh, that's, that's great. First thought was, oh, that's amazing. But then I thought, what do I know about Easter tradition? Because I know lots of people here, they like to celebrate Easter according to their tradition. And I'm not judging that. <laughs> but at, at the same time, I'm thinking, actually, I'm happy I don't know much about tradition because I was brought up in a tradition, patriarchal society, and brought up in religion. So I come from a Muslim background. Um, And I do know very well from my personal experience that both tradition and religion, they can destroy people's life. It doesn't matter what religion it is. They can destroy people's life. As we're speaking about life, life is a journey. Each one of us goes through a journey in life. Some of us struggle more and some others struggle less. But again, we do have challenges. And maybe some of you are struggling at the moment. Maybe some of you are are feeling that you are in a tunnel and you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go from here. I lived in a tunnel for such a long time. I had quite a difficult childhood. And as I grew up, those pain and those uh, um, challenges only grew. Um, I had my lowest point when I came to this country. I'll tell the story as I go on, but I'll just mention that uh, I was in my lowest point because I couldn't speak the language, I was depressed, I was stressed, and I felt that I had no one here. So I lost hope. Maybe some of you have lost hope already, maybe not, maybe you're just thinking. I don't know your story, but I'm just telling you about my story. And then today I'm going to speak to you about somebody who brought me out of the darkness, someone who healed my pain, someone who healed me and set me free from religion, from tradition, healed my marriage, and restored my family. And that someone is Jesus. So who is Jesus? Many people speak about Jesus. And if I ask you today, everybody has got an answer to that, to that name. Because you heard him. You heard about him somehow. Know him maybe, but heard about him somehow. And uh, as a Muslim, I heard about Jesus. I recognized him, but not really. So as a Muslim, I thought, according to Islam, Jesus is a prophet, and actually an important prophet. We go on with all the religion. Hindu, uh, they call him Akaya. That means religious leader. And if you go along with Judaism, they call Jesus a miracle worker, and they also say that Jesus is a great, respected teacher. We go on with Buddhism. Even Buddhists recognize Jesus as a great person, and some of them, at some point, they thought he was Buddha incarnated. So they thought he was one of the ways to heaven. Even scholars, they couldn't rest. They wanted to know who is this Jesus that everybody speaks about it. Does he really exist? So they made researches about him. And there is solid evidence to prove that Jesus did exist, thankfully. So who is Jesus? I had this question for a long time, especially as I say to you, I brought up as a Muslim. I read the Quran at the very young age. 
and uh, I was the most radical in the family. I don't know why, but I believe the spirit was searching. I was not resting, even as a child. And I fasted at a very young age, until I met Jesus, of course. Um, I've got my sister here, and she met Jesus too. So I'm glad she's here today. And so did my husband and my brother, by the way, two of my sisters. <laughs> so I think it's amazing. Um, so as I, uh, I was struggling with life, um, I disagreed with Quran in most parts because Quran says women are like kind of second class in a way. So they say as a girl, they belong to their fathers. And as a woman, when they get married, they belong to their husbands. So in a way, they don't have identity. That's how I saw it. That's how I felt. And I thought, why did you create me if I don't have any meaning or I don't have value like equal to men? And I was upset. I was very sad, but I couldn't disagree um, out loud. It was all internal because I was afraid of God. I was too afraid of him. And uh, interestingly enough, as I grew up at the age of 20, 21, I had lots of dreams and visions for my future. I was quite stubborn. <laughs> but my parents, they had another uh, plan for my life. So they decided to arrange my marriage. And that's how I came to the UK. I came here to get married because I didn't know my husband and he didn't know me. <laughs> we fought a lot. Um, and we fought out, so our marriage broke down. Now, for those who know me closely, they all know I'm not an easy person to live with. <laughs> so I can't blame him at all. But <laughs> so I was searching my, the way that I wanted to live. I wanted to change. I wanted something different. As I said earlier, my spirit was constantly searching because I felt empty always. And then during the time that our marriage broke down, I was heavily pregnant. And amazingly, sometimes we lose hope. But right when we we think that there is no way forward. Jesus come when you least expect him. Um, my midwife at that time happened to be a Christian, and she was part of this church. She's not here today. So she showed love towards me, as she showed care. And I was surprised, thinking, oh, she's a Christian, and she's quite nice. Um, <laughs> then she invited me to go and live in her house, and I did. I went and lived with her. Um, and I had my, my baby was born in hospital, but I had my baby while I was living there. Um, for one year. During this time, they, I saw how they loved me and they cared for me. But I, just I must mention to you that when I moved with Lucy, I didn't live with her because I chose her. I went there because I had no other choice. And I was terrified because according to my belief, that I used to believe, um, socializing with Christian is a sin, let alone living with them. But I had no other choice, so I had to go there. I moved on from, out from her house, um, had my own place. And then my husband was back in our lives, of course, looking, asking for his right in the marriage and fatherhood and everything. And I was stressed. I couldn't speak English back then, 17 years ago. I could barely speak English. And I was struggling. I was very depressed. And I didn't even know I was depressed. Because sometimes you live in a depression or in a, in a dark situation for a long time. You don't even recognize it anymore. And I kind of, that's how I felt. I felt like that's, yeah, that's how life it is. That's how it's going to be all my life. Um, so we had quite <laughs> arguments and fought, uh, never, never physically, only verbally, <laughs> I must mention. But then uh, that's where Jesus came in. When I lost hope, I thought there is no way forward. I had a dream. And I'll just tell the dream briefly because I know it's a long process. I can speak to you afterwards if you want to. But in the dream, it looked like the end of the world was coming. 
I, I saw fire coming from the sky, and it was earthquake everywhere. I don't know if you saw in Turkey recently, we had they had earthquake. It was similar to that, but because I was living in that dream, I was terrified. My spirit knew, sorry, my spirit knew I, I was a sinner, and I was, I was not you know, going to heaven, so I was terrified of that. And um, I kept asking God, I kept begging him, please don't send me to hell, please help me, please forgive me, constantly, because I was terrified. All I could hear was loud noise and screaming. And all of a sudden, that noise stopped. We are spiritual being, spiritual being, and we understand our creator spiritually. Sometimes in the body, we miss that point, but as a spirit, we do know, we recognize the creator. And in the dream, before I even heard the voice, I knew God was going to speak to me because my body was prepared. It was like a round wind pulled me up from the, from the ground. And um, I knew God was going to speak. And he said to me, Jesus is me. I had asked him for almost two years, nearly every day, who is Jesus? Because I was, I was curious, I was scared, I was doubting. And he said, Jesus is me. It was finally that I saw the light. It was at that moment I woke up. I was terrified because I denied him constantly over and over. And yet he came back to me knowing I was a female. And according to Islam, I was not as worthy as men. But then Jesus called me worthy. He came to me. He showed me the light. I don't know if you can see that. Is the color okay? No? We can't change now, sorry, my fault. Uh, Jesus is the light of the world. He says in John 8, if you read uh, the book of John in, in New Testament, it's an amazing conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. He said there, I am the light of the world. Whoever comes to me, you will not walk in darkness. And that's what happened with me. The moment I saw him, I saw life differently. I saw people differently. Even the flowers, the nature seemed differently. And I didn't recognize before. Also in the conversation he was having with uh, some people around, he told them that if you listen to my teaching and obey my word, you will, you will live. And then some of the Pharisees, as I said, their religions are really bad influence for, for, for us. Religious leaders, the Pharisees are called in the Bible, they come along and they are shocked because Jesus was more popular now, he was telling the truth. So they come along and they say to Jesus, how, how do you say we're never, we're never going to die? Because Moses and Abraham, they told us that according to their teacher teaching, we will die. But Jesus was speaking about spiritual death, not only physical. So they missed the point again, and they are meant to know better because they are religious leaders. So Jesus looked at them and he said to them, if you are Abraham's children, you would have recognized me. And he says to them, I'm just paraphrasing, it's not everything in, in order if you read it. Um, and then Jesus says to them, Abraham saw my coming and he celebrated, he rejoiced of my coming. And he said, um, and they, they laughed, of course, because they said, oh my goodness, Abraham died a long time ago and you're just now and you're telling us this story. For those who don't know, Abraham is one of the prophets in the Bible, in the, in the Old Testament, and is called as the father of nations. And then Jesus replies to them and he says, before Abraham was born, I am. And this is amazing because it just makes me so emotional when I hear this because he already told the truth there, told us the truth, and that was no coincidence. The Spirit selected those words deliberately to explain to us, before, G before Abraham came, 
That means Abraham was brought into being and Jesus existed eternally. Later on, we see in, again in John 1 to 14, Jesus again claims and says, I am God. He said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and became flesh dwelt amongst us, full of grace and full of truth. So what does that mean? We do know that Jesus is the word of God. So God came through Jesus in a flesh and lived as a human, dwelt amongst us, full of grace and full of truth. Because of his grace, I'm here today standing in front of you. If you knew me before, as a child, or, and, and as I grew up until I met Jesus, you would have felt sorry, but don't feel sorry now, because I'm okay. <laughs> and full of truth, because Jesus told me the truth. He told me the way. I was following totally different paths, because that's what I thought was the right way. And Jesus showed me the way. Also, Jesus says in Matthew, there's another book in the Bible, he says that he's the son of God. And again, religious leaders were upset and angry. What are you saying? Because all they could see is uh, phys like humanly. And Jesus never said, I'm the son of God in terms of human, father-son relationship. He meant it spiritually. He came from God. Again, Jesus claims, and he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, beginning and the end. He's already telling us. In a conversation he had with some of the disciples, with his disciples, he was already telling them that he's going to die. He's going to, to die for our sins, basically. And he's going to go to heaven. And Jesus says, uh, I'm going there to prepare a room for you because there is plenty of place in my father's house. That's the conversation he was having with them. And he says to them, uh, you know where I'm going. I'll come back for you. One of the disciples called Thomas, he is called as a doubter. But actually, to me, he was the bravest one because he spoke what everyone else was thinking. So he says to Jesus, how do, we know, uh, how do we know where you go? How do we know the way if we don't know where you're going? So Jesus turns back and looks at him and he says, Thomas, how can that be? I've been all this time with you and you still haven't seen me. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Whoever saw me, you have seen the Father because I and the Father are one. And it's amazing to see Probably they were shocked. They saw him, but they still missed the point. And I think it's very important that as we hear this today, we don't miss the point. We don't let this pass by. Also, in the Bible, it's, it, it says that Jesus is Lord over all. What does it mean? I think it's amazing to understand this because, for me, I had different ways of seeing God. But now I understand that despite of Either you're Christian or not, either you believe in Jesus or don't, despite of your color, your background, your nationalities, your gender, despite of who you are, Jesus Christ is in charge of you. He is in charge of all of us. And I had a conversation once with one of my colleagues at, at, uh, in college. I studied here, by the way. <laughs> and he was Christian and a youth pastor. And somebody said, oh, I'm going to ask Jesus for my exam. They're making fun. And then that pastor, he said to the person, Jesus is not your God, he's God of Christians. And I was shocked because I was not born a Christian. And that's not true. Jesus is God of the nation. It's not God of the Christians only.
He didn't die only for Christians. Christians called themselves after Christ, not because Jesus was only theirs. And I'm glad, because I'm in now. And I know Jesus. Jesus is also a healer. There's a story in the Bible. I'll summarize the story, because we don't have time. But there's this woman who suffered for 12 years with blood issues. She must have searched everywhere to find a cure, and she couldn't. She lost hope. She thought, OK, this is how it's going to be poor me. But then she heard something. She heard that there was a man called Jesus who was healing people. So then she rushed to go and see him. She wanted to meet him, but because there are lots of people, she called him, and she thought, at least I'm going to touch his garment, because that's how I'm going to be healed. And that's what she did. And the moment she touched that, the garment, she was healed. And Jesus felt, the, the, felt it. He turned around, and he said, who touched me? So because there are many people, they're saying, like, for goodness sake, there are lots of people. We don't know who touched you. And he said, no, no, somebody intentionally touched me because I felt the power, healing power, coming out of me. And then the woman told the story. So the point is here. Even if we didn't know about Jesus, maybe you are hearing today about him for the first time, just like she did. She heard about him, and she, she rushed towards him. She wanted to know more about him, and she was healed. And Jesus knew, because he said, somebody touched me intentionally. So when you come towards Jesus, even if you had negative experiences before, rest assured, from my experience as well, as from the Bible, he will recognize that. He will turn around. There's another story of a lady who was caught in adultery. And here Jesus is as a forgiver. As I said earlier, tradition and religion have favorites. <laughs> but Jesus doesn't. So this woman was caught in the act of adultery. I'm assuming she was caught with a man. But here, they are punishing only the woman, because that's what religion said, and that's what tradition said. So they, they brought her to Jesus, and they say to Jesus, according to religion and tradition, she should be stoned to death. So what do you say? Jesus looked at them. He stood down, wrote something on the floor, and then he looked at them and said, whoever is without sin, Cast your first stone. And all the religious leaders and traditional people, they knew they couldn't do that because they're all sinners. They all made mistakes. So one by one, they left. And we see the lady there. So Jesus goes to her and says to her, has nobody condemned you? And she says, no, master. Nobody did. Then Jesus says, neither do I. And he also tells her, go and sin no more. <coughs> Here, Jesus not only forgave her, but also taught her the right way. Because if we do make wrong decisions, there are going to be consequences. And that's how life is going to become more hard and difficult. John 9, here you see another story. And Jesus comes here as a restorer. This man was born blind. And of course, because he was born blind, there was no chances that he's going to get better. So he must have lost hope. Again, he couldn't see, but he heard something. He heard that there was a man named Jesus that was healing people. And then one day, he heard that Jesus was going by, passing by. He couldn't see how far he was, but he decided to scream. So he screamed out, Jesus, Jesus, help me. People around Jesus told him to stop. Maybe they felt embarrassed. But then Jesus heard, and he said, bring him to me. And then Jesus spoke to the blind man and said to him, what can I do for you? He said, I want to see. So Jesus touched his eyes, and he was restored. His sight came back. And I think it's important to recognize today, because maybe Jesus is asking the same question. I do believe Jesus is present. I do really believe that.
and maybe he's asking the same question. And if he asks you, what would you like me to do for you? Think about the answer, because at the end, you'll have that opportunity. And we must remember that God, when he restores us, Jesus does restore us physically, and sometimes it's spiritual restoration. For this man, it was physical. For me, it was spiritual, because I was blind. I was going a different way, and God turned me around. So now I saw the right way. He does restore us through people, and sometimes restores us directly. So he told me by a dream, he was Jesus, and I turned around. But then there was a process of me being restored and knowing more about him. And I'm glad to say that God restored me through John Singleton. And I'm forever grateful. John is our senior leader, for those who don't know. So do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Have you heard about him from school, from your friends, from your parents, from your grandparents, or do you really know him? In the Bible, in John, again the book of John, Jesus says, I came to the very earth I created, and they did not recognize me. Do you recognize Jesus? Do you recognize him in your families, with your decisions, in your marriage, in your society? I think it's a very important question. Before I met Jesus, I had so many questions. And of course I didn't recognize him because I didn't know he existed in this way. <laughs> I just thought he was a prophet. But my spirit was always searching. And if the, even after I met him, I had so many questions about Jesus. I didn't understand because I, as a Muslim, I thought Christians believe in three gods. And maybe some of you have the same thoughts. Well, I'll let you know. I'll just explain to you how God explained to me. So at the, in the beginning, there is the first book in the Bible, Genesis. Uh, God tells the story, and he says, in the beginning, God decided to create the, the earth, and he decided to create human in his own image. So amazingly, we are created in God's image. At the beginning, as you see from there, I don't know how to use this, but I can see it, you see that we had good relationship with Jesus. God is good, God is pure, and we had good relationship with him. And God said to human, the first human, Adam and Eve, he said to them, everything on earth belongs to you. You are in charge of everything, apart from that tree. Don't touch that tree, because that is the tree of good and evil. And what they did was incredible. I think most, most of us can relate to that. I do relate to, to them as well. Um, they touched the tree. They disobeyed God. So sin came in. And that separated our relationship with God. And of course, because we disobeyed God, we have to face consequences now, because every mistake, every wrongdoing, there is consequences. So our relationship with God was broken. We couldn't get any more from the source. But God loved us unconditionally, because he made us in his image. So he decided to reach us through different ways. He came to us through prophets, after prophets, after prophets. And again, human rebelled. We disagreed, we rejected. Human rejected God's word. God's prophets. A prophet is somebody, if, for those who don't know, um, is somebody who brings messages from God. That's called a prophet. So human even killed them. Again, God never gave up on us. He's not God of one chance, second chance. He's God of many chances. So he decided to come to us in another way. As we said in the Bible, as we, as we read earlier, he became flesh and came to us through Jesus Christ. And that's how Jesus came and he took our place of sin, and he restored the relationship with God. So now, because of Jesus, 
we still have that clear connection with God. We are still in a relationship with him. And that's the difference among all the religions and Jesus, because Jesus decided to come in the flesh to rescue us. He's not waiting for us up there if we can make it. That's what I thought. He came, he's involved, he loves us. It says here, there that Christ died for our sins. He was buried and, and he was raised, rose again the third day. We know that today we are celebrating the victory that Jesus rose from the dead. Death is beaten. And that's amazing. Again, human, his disciples were afraid because Jesus told them that I'm going to go now. I'm departing from this world, but don't be afraid because I'm not going to leave you. I will be with you. He said that I will bring the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and he will teach you, remind you of my teaching, heal you, protect you, restore you, and advocate on your behalf. So Holy Spirit is here to do God's work. So there is, there is make sure, I, I'd, like, I'd like to clarify that there are no three gods, but God came through Jesus to take our wrongdoings, and now he operates through the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus, and Jesus is God himself. <coughs> there is one God who is demonstrated in three parts for our benefit and our benefit only. I'm not sure now if after all this talk and testimonies and, and, and worship, if you've started to see a light in what we are sharing. I don't know where you're at at this moment, but I'm hoping that you'll recognize that always is light at the end of the tunnel. I was there and I do know that there is light for each one of us. All you have to do is turn around. And as you turn around, you change the way of thinking, the way of walking as you used to, you decide to make that turn. There is Jesus waiting with his arms wide open, saying to you, come. And he says in the Bible, I have come for those who need me. And he says, come as you are, and I will make you perfect. The question is, would you like to know Jesus today? Would you like to meet him? This is a great opportunity, and I think it's important you don't look left or right, but you make that decision, because it's for you and you alone. It's for nobody else. So that's it for me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.